0: Hello gardening friends Thank you for joining me In my backyard again Um, What a crazy week It was for us Here in Central Texas I can't believe that we got Such a nice amount Of snow um, Last week It was so pretty And such a nice way To start off the year You know The four to six inches of snow that we all got um, in Taylor, um, it did help a little bit to alleviate our drought conditions that we've been having in Central Texas. Now, even though it's wintertime and on the chilly side, it's really easy to forget that um, we can have winter drought conditions, you know, right now in Um, January 2021, our little part of Central Texas is actually experiencing moderate drought conditions um, in some areas of Central Williamson County having severe drought um, conditions, which is not good for our Blackland Prairie soil. That nice wet snow that we got was super great, Um, but snow doesn't produce as much water accumulation as rain. I read that five inches of heavy, wet snow like we got this past week, it only equals about one inch of rain, so that's a little disappointing. And that lack of moisture um, in our area, um, in in our soil, it causes um, slow growth and um, it can also cause crop damage and it's really hard on our houses um if we have a slab of foundation and you know i know uh, not a lot is growing right now but the farms and pastureland um here pretty soon um it'll be time for farmers to plant and then also all the grasses will um break dormancy and, and start to grow and it'd be really nice if we could get a, just a little more precipitation to get us out of drought conditions and start the spring growing season off just right. Plus, you know, more winter rain means better spring wildflowers, so keep your fingers crossed that we get some nice uh, rain in the near future or maybe even some more snow. You know, that would be all right, too. Snow is a lot more fun and... The kids really, really love it. I do too. All right, last week I spent the whole show talking about starting seeds indoors, and I don't um, plan on rehashing all of that, but I do want to mention and remind you all that if you want to get a jump start on those warm season plants, like peppers and basil and tomatoes, you need to start your seeds indoors this week. I finally did seed seed, I finally did see some seed starting items at um, one of the big, big box stores here in town. So if you are wanting to start seeds, I wouldn't wait too long to get everything together. The average last frost is around March 5th, and that's the earliest that you can um, should even think about setting um, tomato transplants and pepper transplants outside. So... If your seeds haven't come in yet, or you aren't quite ready this week, you still have just a little bit of time, but not lots. Even though it's chilly right now, that long hot summer isn't too far away. Tomatoes and peppers and basil, they all need time to grow and mature and to be productive plants before that brutal heat takes over. If you don't get around to starting indoors, um, starting your seeds indoors this year, or you know maybe something goes wrong with um, all your seedlings, that's okay. You can always buy transplants. They'll be a- available for um, a while. Um, independent nurseries will have the best selections of transplants, and they will have all the tried and true varieties that do best for us here in Central Texas. And You know, you'll probably find some um, more interesting uh, and unusual varieties too. Some farmer's markets around here will have plants for sale in the spring. And you might find a friend or two um, who have extra plants that they've started. And of course, you can always find uh, transplants on like Craigslist, even eBay and Etsy. And um, of course, specialty plant websites. You're gonna end up paying more if you have to have them shipped to you though. Now, if you are just getting into starting tomatoes from seed, you might have noticed a couple of terms that are used to describe them. Determinant and indeterminate. A lot of times you'll see these words um, all by themselves on a tomato seed packet or on the in the website description or the description in the seed catalog, it'll just say determinate or it'll just say indeterminate, and they won't even be in used in a complete sentence. These two words aren't um, aren't common gardening um, words, and they only apply to tomatoes. So you may not be familiar with them, or you're like me, and it confuses me all the time. Um, And it it really took a a while to um, remember the difference. Determinate and indeterminate um, are words that describe how tomatoes grow. All tomatoes will be one kind or the other. So when you are selecting tomato varieties, you'll want to know how they grow. Are the plants vining tomatoes or are they bush tomatoes? Determinate tomato varieties are also called bush tomatoes because they kind of sort of grow like a bush they're bushy Um, they're fairly compact and they only get to be about four feet tall and then um, they stop growing i like to think that they are determined to stop growing these plants are like i'm going to grow and i'm going to grow and then i'm going to stop and once they decide that they are full grown plants, they'll stop um, growing all their green parts and that's when they will start putting on flowers. Now, with determinate tomatoes, this is the one opportunity or opportunity they have to flower and set fruit. With the right growing conditions, you will get lots of flowers and then you'll get lots of tomatoes. All the fruit on a determinate tomato plant will ripen at the same time, like within a week or two, and then the tomato plant goes dormant or it, it'll die. You might as, um, you know, if it does go dormant um, and you give it a chance to rest and recuperate, you might be able to get a second harvest um, from them, but they're not going to be as prolific. So. If you have something else that you wanna plant in your garden, just go ahead and um, pull those tomato plants up after you harvest all those great tomatoes. So, just quick review. Um, Determinant tomatoes are smaller plants. They don't get that big, and you're only going to get one crop. Determinant tomatoes also tend to be um, early producers so you can harvest lots of tomatoes fairly quickly into the growing season. Because they are smaller plants, determinant tomatoes are suitable for container gardening. Just be sure to plant this type of tomato in at least a five gallon container. The larger the better, since all tomato plants have extensive root systems, and they do their best when they have plenty of room for their roots. So if you know somebody who would like to grow their own fresh tomatoes, but they really don't have the space or the inclination to do a bigger raised bed or an in the ground um, garden, um, you know, maybe maybe they live um, in in a rental house or maybe they're older and they don't really want a big extensive garden then um, a container garden um, could be a really nice way for them to have access to fresh vegetables like tomatoes so you know you can help them pick out a few determinate um, tomato plants to um, to put in large containers and that would be a really really simple thing to do Um, you don't need to prune Uh, Determinant tomatoes either so they're really easy to take care of since they don't get that big four feet or so determinate tomatoes don't need a lot of um, caging or staking or any sort of other supports you can add a cage if you want to but you can also just let them grow without any extra support they were you know they're going to flop over a little bit and it might make them a little annoying when it comes time to harvest them because you have to like, kind of go through and lift the branches and stuff off the ground. Um, I prefer to go ahead and stake or cage them. Um, it just keeps the garden a little more tidy and it keeps um, the tomatoes off the ground. And um, tomato plants make me really itchy. So. Um, the less that I have to handle them the better. So those determinate tomatoes are the types of tomatoes that grow more like a bush and they don't get all that tall because they stop growing when they get to be about three or four feet tall. Um, That's when they start to put all their energy into making flowers and fruits and then you get one really good crop all at once but some tomatoes don't grow like that. They grow more like vines. Their stems will continue to grow and grow until it gets too cold and the frost eventually kills it. These vining type tomatoes are called indeterminate. Indeterminate tomatoes grow and produce flowers and fruits all through the growing season. These guys will grow and then they'll set flowers and then develop fruit and then They'll grow some more and set new flowers and develop new fruit. And here in central Texas, they can continue this cycle of grow flower fruit, grow flower fruit all through the fall. Since they just keep growing, um, indeterminate tomatoes can get, you know, 10 or 15 feet tall if you let them. Now, of course, they have to survive a really long hot summer, but. It is possible to maintain this type of um, tomato that long. Indeterminate tomatoes have a main stem and main branches, um, but as they grow, they will put out lots of side shoots that are called suckers. Suckers are just new sprouts. They form in the V-shaped part where the branches and the stem meet. A lot of people um, will remove the suckers so that the plant can put its energy into fruit production instead of new growth. Removing the suckers will also help you train your tomato plant and keep um, keep it neat so you don't have giant, messy jungle of tomato plants in your backyard. Now, you don't have to pinch off those suckers. You can just let them grow, and you can have really full um, tomato plants with lots of leaves. Since indeterminate tomatoes get so long and lanky, you definitely will need um, a large cage or some stakes to keep them upright. You can just weave the branches through the cage as um, the plant grows, or you can train in the main stem by tying it to a tall stake. Some folks will even build um, towers using like three or four stakes and then um, tie and train their tomatoes um, that way. Indeterminate tomatoes will need support um, because they um, the branches can break and they can get damaged and topple over um, because they're, they're top-heavy. They can um, just kind of fall over from their own weight. Uh, anyway, no matter what you decide to do, you will definitely want to place a stake or a cage around your tomato plants before they get very big. Tomatoes have pretty extensive root systems and when you transplant your tomato seedlings outside into the their permanent spot in the garden um it's going to focus on getting their roots established before they start spending time growing um, the parts um, above the ground so don't wait until the top parts of your tomato plants start to to grow um, go ahead and put your cage or your stakes in because you don't want to come in after the fact after they started really growing because um, you don't want to damage um, the root system by you know jamming a stake or a cage into the soil and uh, disturbing their roots be sure your cages or your stakes are placed firmly in the soil. They need to be kind of secure in the soil. Like You don't want them to like fall over. Um, you want them firmly in the ground um, because once those tomatoes start growing, um, the weight of a big tomato plant can cause the cage to lean over. Or if it's not secure, um, the cage or the stake is just gonna pop out of the ground and it'll be useless as a support so if you're growing either determinate or indeterminate tomatoes you're going to want to place your plants two feet apart in the garden and if you are using containers um, just put one plant per pot tomatoes are big plants so they want plenty of space like i mentioned earlier in the show um, these two terms, determinate and indeterminate, really aren't used a whole lot since they only describe tomato growing habits. So just to recap, determinate tomatoes grow more like a bush. They stop growing and then they fruit and then they they flower and then they fruit and they only do this once. Indeterminate Tomatoes are vining tomatoes, and they continuously grow and flower and fruit all through the growing season. Both can be quite prolific, but determinate tomatoes um, you get them all at once, whereas indeterminate types you get tomatoes over the course of the growing season. Most growers, uh, most gardeners, grow both um, types. Um, Determinant for the larger harvests, so they can um, freeze or can them and make um, salsas and sauces um, in larger quantities. And they also will grow indeterminate um, vining tomatoes so that, that they can have tomatoes for salads and sandwiches and use them f- um, fresh throughout the growing season. A lot of the older heirloom varieties are indeterminate these tend to be the ones that are eaten fresh like sliced or in salads the hybrid and the more modern varieties of tomatoes tend to be determinate and i don't know how it worked out that way but i thought it was just kind of interesting anyway um, most of the time it doesn't matter if the tomatoes are determinate or indeterminate it's good to know so that you know what to expect but when you're shopping for tomato plants and seeds pick the varieties that sound the best to you some tomatoes taste best when they are fresh and juicy so if you're wanting tomatoes to make sauce and salsa you'll want tomatoes that are going to hold up um, better to cooking and um like you know, you might want to try the paste type tomatoes. These are less juicy, but they have thicker walls. The only time um, it would really matter if your tomato is determinate or indeterminate is if you wanted a whole bunch of tomatoes all at once so you could freeze or can them, or if you had concerns about space and you wanted a smaller plant for gardening. You know, sometimes it really doesn't matter if um, if they grow like a bush or if they grow like a vine, you just buy them because you want them. I like weird and different plants, so I am partial to heirloom tomatoes, mainly because they come in so many different colors and weird shapes. There are a few varieties that we always try to plant um, because they do well for us, and they are quite tasty as well. Every year we get Cherokee Purple, um, since they taste nice. We get Matt's Wild Cherry, which are teeny tiny, and they are great in, I mean, they're very prolific, and they're great in salads, and then I also like to get San Marzano, um, because I like to cook with those. And then, of course, we always get a few fun varieties just to switch it up and have um, try something different and see if there's something new we, we want to grow regularly. Last year, I planted an Italian tomato called um, Costoluto di Parma, mainly because it was bright red and deeply fluted, and it kind of reminded me like of an accordion or maybe like a lampshade. Um, We also had um, an orange tomato. Um, I don't really remember what that was called. It was just a transplant that we picked up at the nursery. This year, I ordered some interesting-sounding tomato seeds to try, and I'm really excited about them. I can't wait for them to get here. I hope they come pretty soon. I got Sunrise Bumblebee, which is a small oval egg-shaped tomato that also is kind of mottled with patches of red. They look to be about the size and the color of an apricot, and apricots are my absolute favorite fruit in the whole wide world, so I kind of felt like I just had to try this new variety. I also got yellow brandy wine, because why the heck not? They look like they will be gorgeous golden tomatoes, and they're supposed to be um, just as tasty as regular brandy wine tomato I bought some Hungarian heart tomato seeds because um, they are a dark pink tomato and I was really sold on how versatile they sounded they're supposed to have um, really great flavor both fresh and cooked and they don't have a lot of seeds they are kind of large and dense and they look like they have some heft to them they are heart shaped, but not like cute Valentine shaped hearts. Um, they look more like an actual organ shaped heart. Um, they don't have like different chambers and they don't have like an a order or anything, but they have like a vaguely anatomical heart shape. I, I thought that was kind of cool, so I bought those. And then I also got a packet of uh, granny. Cantrell Seeds because I read that they won um, an award for Best Flavor a few years ago and I thought the name sounded cute. I also got some Chiapas Wild and Puntas Banda tomato seeds from um, nativeseeds.org. I got them because this company specializes in seeds that grow um, really well in desert and arid um, conditions. That company is based in Arizona, and while we don't have the extreme desert conditions like Arizona, um, but you know, being here in Central Texas, we can have awfully brutal summers. And I'm kind of speculating that these two varieties might do really well for us here in Taylor. Punta Banda seeds were found in Baja California, and they did really well. Um, at their test gardens in Arizona. The description said that they were staff's favorites so I decided to go get those. And that um, they are small bright red cherry tomatoes and they're said to do really well in poor soils. Chiapas wild tomatoes are small little orangish fruits that are supposed to be um, quite sweet. They were found and collected in Mexico near the Guatemala border well now that i told you all about um the types of tomatoes that um, i've picked out for this year it sounds like i'm i'm going to have a whole lot of small tomatoes this year if everything grows and produces like it does in my head Uh, because i am a total plant optimist and i have all these wonderful fantasies of having tons and tons of produce and flowers Okay. Um, it, I want to mention this, it is still a really good time to plant fruit and nut trees. If you have something special that you want to plant, you need to get on out to the nurseries and look, um, look for them. I really love having fruit trees in my backyard. You know, this is also um, the time to start looking for blackberries and grapes if you're interested in growing those. And this is just my personal experience, and I think that grapes are kind of hard to grow here in Central Texas. We don't have the best climate for growing table grapes, but um, if you like to make jelly or juice or wine, you might be able to have a nice annual crop. Table grapes, like the seedless varieties that we can get at the grocery store um, and that we are most used to eating, don't do well here. Those thin skinned firmed fruited grapes that we can just rinse and eat fresh, they just don't care for our climate or our soil. And you know, while you're like doing research on your grapes, you will see a lot of websites that say you can grow the nice seedless table grapes like Flame or Thompson in our zone eight, but you gotta remember there are a lot of microclimates in Zone Eight. If you go look up the horticultural zone map, um, you'll see that Zone Eight actually runs from the Pacific Northwest and then kind of goes down the Pacific Coast and then across the southwestern border with Mexico and then it runs through Central Texas and then extends through the deep South along. Uh, And then along the East Coast into North Carolina. And that is just one huge zone. Um, You know, here in Central Texas, Zone 8 um, is actually divided into Zone 8A and 8B. And Taylor and our part of Central Texas is in Zone 8B zone 8a is just a little bit colder in the winter and zone 8b is just a little bit warmer it only averages out to be like a five to ten degree difference but it's just enough to cause problems with um, plants Um, plant selection for those um, plants that are temperature sensitive and of course the soil is all different across the U.S. in Zone Eight, but just because we can't grow those nice, thin-skinned, firm table grapes, um, that doesn't, you know, doesn't mean we can't grow grapes at all. We can grow a, f- um, a handful of different kinds here in Central Texas. Now, when it comes to grapes, I'm going to recommend that you do your research on growing grapes and the different varieties, and you'll want to get familiar with the names and whatnot. If you primarily shop at local independent nurseries, you will have the best luck finding varieties that will actually grow here well. And that's because local nurseries are extremely familiar with the plants and um, everything that they sell, and that's because they they actually purchase directly from the wholesale nurseries. Big box stores, they you may see them carrying grapes, um, but their corporate buyers don't live in Central Texas, and they are a lot less likely to care about our growing conditions here. And they're probably more likely to be more concerned about the kind of deal that they can negotiate. So that's just a little warning because it is tempting to see grape plants for sale at really good prices at the big box stores. I've just stopped paying attention to those when I see them um, in the stores every February and March because I've had zero luck trying to grow them here and even though they are cheap they just don't do well here. You are listening to Plow and Ho's uh, radio show and podcast on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you are enjoying my show, I hope you'll go out to www.blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and learn more about our cool little digital radio station broadcasting from Taylor. On the website, you can check out all the um, other great music and talk shows that we have. We have lots of really great music, of course, and then a bunch of interesting hosts who chit chat about all kinds of things um, from local politics and current events, um, societal topics and culture. And, you know, there's even this little awkward show dedicated to growing things in Central Texas kbsr is um almost 10 years old now and we are about to celebrate the one year anniversary so i know i have some insider information that we are planning to have a fun members only event to celebrate the first year anniversary um and that will be held at the black sparrow music parlor so if you're interested in attending Um, that exclusive members-only event, I'd really encourage you to go out to the website and learn how to become a member for as little as $5 a month. While you are out on the internet, be sure to stop by um, the Plow and Host Facebook page and go ahead and like and share my page. Feel free to send me a note or ask a question. I would just love to hear from you all. Okay, let's go back to talking about growing grapes in Central Texas. We can grow them here in Taylor in Central Texas. Um, You know, there are several vineyards out in the Hill Country, you know, um, west of Interstate 35. Those grapes grow um, out there. Those are wine grapes and they grow pretty well in the soil that they have out there which is pretty rocky and limestone and caliche you know over here in taylor on this side of 35 we have that heavy blackland prairie clay soil and those wine grapes that they grow up there they don't care for our soil um that's too bad because if they did we would probably have Um, some really successful vineyards or two out here in Taylor, but we don't. Now we can grow a handful of varieties here, but just know they won't be like the grapes that you get at the grocery store. The kinds that we can grow aren't the best for eating right off the vine. Um, at least the few that we've tried to grow here as table grapes were, um, kind of disappointing. Those grapes had thick skin, and big seeds, and the texture on the inside, it was just kind of gelatinous and slimy. The kids were so excited when we started getting grapes, um, but then they were quickly disappointed because they were not at all what they expected. And, you know, I, I don't really blame them because I don't like slimy insides either. The first couple of years that we, um, we had some nice crops and i was able to um pick enough to um make juice and i um uh one year um i actually used the juice to make homemade grape jello with um gelatin i thought they tasted so good so much better than the box of artificially flavored um jello stuff but because I used the juice that I made and of course I didn't filter it. Um my juice and my gelatin were so nasty colored. Um it was fine if you didn't look at them, but nobody wanted to eat my khaki colored jello. Oh well they had their opportunity and they missed out because I will probably not be ever make it again. And that's because um there's something going on with our grapevines. Um the past 2 years we've gotten lots of grapes, but they all went bad and they died on the vine. Around here, those kinds of cultivated grapes are susceptible to black rot, which is a fungal disease that causes the grapes to discolor and they shrivel up before they have time to ripen. So for us, you know, we talked about last year that we're thinking about just removing the grapevines and replacing them with something else. But if you do want to try grapes, just do some research. Your best bet, I think, might be um, Mustang grapes. Mustang grapes are a very common wild grape that um, grow all over Texas and Louisiana, Oklahoma, Arkansas. They put on dark purple fruits that are thick and tough, and they have that slimy inside too, but these wild grapes are very acidic and they're unpleasant to eat raw, but they can be quite tasty when you add a bunch of sugar and turn them into jam or jelly or wine. If you have your heart set on growing grapes, and I'm thinking native wild Mustang grapes might be the way um, to go, They have those nice purple fruits and dark green leaves with um, gray fuzzy undersides. They ripen fairly early in the summertime and they don't have fungal issues like other grapes. Um, Like all natives, they tend to be more drought and heat tolerant and they have fewer issues. Okay, well, guys, I am out of time for today, and I want to thank you so much for joining me here in the backyard. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Take care, and we'll uh, visit soon. Bye.